taking your time. A couple of things really quickly. So we have a big event tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, we have a night of worship at the Moretzville. <laughs> so, so uh, we, we appreciate you coming out. If you want to come on out, listen, for Grace uh, people, we're a partner church, okay? So this is technically not our event. This is Encounter Southeast event. Uh, this is not our event, but Marcus heads this event up for uh, Every Home for Christ. And so, uh, but for Grace people, if you have kids, you can drop them off here at the church at 4.30. We just need you to have them picked back up by 7.30, and the event only runs from 5 to 7, so you should be covered on both ends. So if you want to attend the event, but you want to say, hey, I, I don't know if I want to bring the kids, drop the kids off here. It'll be well taken care of for the three hours, and then come on back by 7.30 and pick them back up. How many thinks that's a good, that's a good thing, right? Amen. So tonight, 5 o'clock, if you're uh, here to help out, if you're going to help out, uh, set up, uh, tear down, load, unload, and all that, uh, just see Marcus after this service, and he'll kind of get you a pencil in as to where to go and what to do and, and, and how to get there, okay? Uh, two other things, and really quickly, on April the 4th, we're going to do an outreach through Every Home for Christ, where we're going to go out into the community. This is a strategy uh, that we're trying to do. We want to reach 4,000 homes by Easter, and so in order to do that, we have to form a strategy, because we've hit a lot of the homes around here. We've hit homes in, homes in different neighborhoods, and so Marcus will form a strategy for us to go out. Uh, if you'd like to come, it's going to be from 4 to 6 on that Thursday. Now, I understand some people can't make it on Thursday. Please do the best you can to come out, just come to church, uh, and we're going we're gonna to attack the neighborhoods. We're going to get walk with people so that they kind of learn how to do it if you haven't ever done it before. Simply what we do is we knock on doors and say, hey, can I pray with you about anything? And most people will always have something to pray about. And that's a win, right? And that's a door opener. Some people just pray. We pray. We move on. We're just trying to reach every home uh, for Jesus. And the only way we can do it, first and foremost, is by love. We can't knock on the door and tell them they're not living for the Lord, right? We want to knock on the door and just say, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? We're from Grace Church, and we just, we're trying to reach our community. Uh, you know, the Mormons do it. The Jehovah Witnesses do it. We should be doing it. Amen? And we need to do it for the kingdom. We need to do it for the gospel. Amen. Come on. That's true. That's right. And then the last but not least, on April the 6th, we have a um, work day here. It's our Grace Mulch Day. It's right before Easter. And so it's from 9 to 12 on Saturday morning. So if you have a truck and you can, don't mind getting that truck dirty, bring your truck. This is for people of all ages. So uh, bring a shovel, bring a pitchfork, bring a rake. Uh, come on out, wear some gloves. It'll be from 9 to 12, and we'll get this thing knocked out in a few hours, make the grounds look real pretty for um, Easter Sunday. Okay? All right, how many loves the Lord? Amen. All right, praise God. Man, it's just, it's just electric in here, I'm, and I'm just so excited about what God's doing. I think part of the electricity not only is because of the worship, but uh, how many came just expecting today? Like, you just mean, I just need something from God, and God's got, God's got what I need. God does have what you need. And so this is the end of our evangelism series about just reaching out, and so uh, we're going to walk through it. Today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to preach the first two-thirds. We're going to transition into a three-minute video, and then Marcus is going to kind of recap it, and then we'll come back up, and uh, I'll take the offering at the very end. And so uh, we want you just to kind of be set and prepared, a uh, strategy for how we do what we do and the reason before. And so stand with me, if you will. We're going to read uh, out of the scriptures today, Luke, the 10th chapter, verses 17 through 20. Uh, the Bible says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
Behold, I have given you authority. Everybody say authority. You have been given authority. Now, you need to grab a hold of that one because that's powerful. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall, and the King James says, by any means hurt you. And then verse 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That's a great word picture the Lord gives us that our names are written down. If you are a believer, if you're a Christ follower, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you are going to spend eternity with Jesus. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you, Lord, that you've showed us in principle in the scriptures by actually doing it and having others do it, going uh, to house to house, going from door to door. So help us, Father. Lord, now we pray, Lord, you would encourage us not only through your word, but by your spirit, Lord, that we could grab a hold of this and we could be not Lord only hearers but doers of the word. Lord, I'll open our hearts to hear. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody in agreement said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. So when I was younger, I'm uh, the youngest of eight. Most of you know that. I have five brothers and uh, two sisters. One of my brothers is deceased. But when we were younger, for Christmas time, we got a lot of board games and different things uh, at Christmas to kind of probably keep us busy while mom and dad cooked and whatever. And one of the games we got was the game of Risk. Anybody ever remember the game of Risk or played that game? It's a, it's a fun game. It's a, it's a long game. It's a game of strategy. And there, on the game of Risk, there's 42 territories territories that the person has to try to conquer, okay, and occupy. You occupy that territory, and the more territories you get, the more power you have, the more you can squeeze those things in and out. And so Jesus told the disciples that we should occupy until he comes, that, that the disciples should. And we're followers of Christ. We become disciples, and so we're to occupy. Well, occupy is a military term. That's a term that says, okay, don't just sit still, but go out and do, okay? And so we have strategies involved, like the game of risk, to reach into neighborhoods, to reach into businesses, to reach into places of employment, to reach into different areas of the surrounding area, Hickory in the surrounding area, where we can uh, strategize and occupy, so where we can start to turn houses red, okay? We have an app, we have the, the engagers, we have all the material that we need. Now we just need people that will say, hey, I'm going to go out and get me 15 homes or 20 homes. I'm going to go out and some one, one or two or three or four, they're going to go out there and they're just going to get 100 or 200 homes. Why? Because they've been, they've been lit up. When Marcus was in the seventh grade, Janie's cousin, Janie's whole family, they're all ministers, preachers, evangelists, and Janie's cousin was her father's a youth pastor for a while, and he did a sermon series to the youth on evangelizing. And Marcus just grabbed it. Like, Marcus couldn't sleep at night if he didn't go out and evangelize to somebody during the day. And it was like, honestly, it was kind of wearing me out. Like the pressure that a seventh grader was putting on us, you know, and, and then he went off to Bible college and, he, and the, Bible, the town he went to Bible college in, they were like all saved. There was, you know, more churches on every corner and he called home one day and says, Papa, I'm just a little bit depressed. I said, how come? You know, from being away from us, you, you know, Miss Mama's cooking, whatever. He said, no, I can't evangelize anybody. They're all saved. And so he, he took up that little hacky sack thing so he could go down to one of the inner city circles and he'd play hacky sack and he could share the good news. He made a point in his life at that time, he wouldn't go to bed unless he shared the good news with at least one person. That's a pretty good deal, right? All because of Janie's cousin teaching a lesson for four weeks in a row on Wednesday night. 
So this is my prayer, this is my hope, this is my dream for us, that all of us will do our part, and maybe out of that part, there'll be a few of us that just say, that we get locked and loaded and say, like, you know what, I, I've got to share the good news with somebody. I've got I've to teach. Well, what this is, the scripture today is what we would call a prophetic application. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Prophetic application. That's what Luke 10, 17 through 20 is, because Jesus sent them out, but he sends them out according to the word, okay? And so we get prophetic words, and we all like prophetic words that, you know, say, hey, you're going to be blessed. We like prophetic words. Does anybody here not have a book? If you don't have a book, raise your hand. And I think we have a few left. Maybe, I don't know if the ushers are in here. Uh, Wally, Wally's going to get some. Just keep your hand up and Wally will get you a book. We all like we all like words, right? Like, man, people want to know, hey, you're going to be blessed. You're gonna, you're gonna, God's gonna uh, watch you succeed. Just keep your hand up really quickly, and we got some ushers right here. They'll bring they'll bring you a book, and we'll be near the end of the book, lesson four, okay? And then Marcus will come up and, and cover a couple things. And so, uh, but this prophetic word isn't so much about. Uh, what's going to happen to us as much as what the Lord wants to do through us and in us. Now, there's always a byproduct with God. If ever we do something for the Lord, he always gives us something back in return. Whenever we pour out, he pours back in. Whenever we give out, he gives back in. Whenever we speak out, he speaks back in. And so that's the prophetic application. He, Jesus here, in my theory, is he's preaching and teaching the disciples based on Psalms 126. It's a song of the ascents. And so we're we're going to read through Psalms, and I'll walk with you through this very quickly on how, what God will do for you and in you as he empowers you to do what he's already told you to do prophetically. So Psalms 126, verse number one says the, the song of the sense, when the Lord restored, rest restoration is critical because we all need to be restored to Christ, okay? And then when, once we're restored, we need to be a, a, a hand in seeing other people get restored. The fortunes of Zion, and Zion is a place called best. That's the actual meaning of the word Zion is a place called best. So what Jesus is saying over in Luke 10 and 20, that don't glory that the demons are subject to your name. You glory in the fact that your name is written down in the, in the heavens or the Lamb's Book of Life, okay? That's, our, that's Zion. And so Jesus is sharing Psalms 126 with the 70 and 2 that went out. Why? Because he wants this practical prophetic application to take place. Zion is what it's all about. Now, we all, if, if you're a Christ follower, you're going to the other side. You're going you're gonna to go spend eternity with Jesus. Amen? How many is happy about that? Like this thing, this thing's going to be over. Yeah, this, gonna, this thing's going to be over with someday. We're going to spend eternity with the Lord. But we need to be concerned about those who maybe aren't there yet. They're not Christ followers. They're not believers, okay? They don't understand. Maybe some of them have turned aside. 27% of all Americans are what they call the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They have no religion. Religious affiliation. They've either been turned off from church, they, they hate church, they've got some mean Christians gotten in their way who's full of legalism and tradition, and if they don't do it their way, then they're not, they're not right. And we have to know that we reach people by love and grace. In fact, Jesus said, you need to know to the scribes, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees, you don't understand mercy. And so, church, we have to walk in that mercy and grace, right? As we walk in mercy and grace and we kind of throw it out there, everybody here, everybody here has made a mistake at some point in time. 
Some people probably continue to make mistakes. But listen, if your heart is bent towards God, at some point in time, the Lord's going to come up next to you and say, hey, let's walk this thing out together. We're, we're imperfect people serving a perfect God. That's what we are. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God, and that perfect God is full of grace that allows us just to continue to walk and kind of find that way. But he wants us to show that way to other people. Disney World, people probably dream of Disney World, or people dream of a, a cruise, or people dream of a, you know, a Caribbean vacation, or people dream of winning the lottery. It's up to $750 million now, and I'm going to dream somebody in here uh, wins the lottery. You just you know, bring your tithe to the storehouse, <laughs> right? And we have agreed as a board you should pay 20% if you win the lottery and you come to Grace Church. So it's just, I'm just saying, all right? Uh, you play it, that's your conviction, bring the tithe here. <laughs> so I'm just, just saying. So, but, but listen, this is not the type of dream that God's telling us about here. The type of dream he's talking about is, Lord, give us a vision, give us a dream on how to reach our community. This is why one of the reasons why Marcus is doing this event tonight through Every Home for Christ and Encounter Southeast is because we have to get other churches involved to this great mission. We can't be a standalone and we can't have church wars. We have to throw it out there and say, hey, if you want to come worship with us, let's worship together. Let's go attack our neighborhoods. Let's go attack our communities. Let's go attack the places where, where people uh, serve. I, I shared it, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Statistically, gov North Carolina government statistics say 23% of all North Carolinians will be in church today. That's 77% that aren't in church, okay? So church, we have a lot to do. Let's move on to the very next one then. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Don't you love people who are joyful? I mean, I, I love people who are just like full of laughter and full of joy. They're just, they're fun to be around. I have a new friend named Chip, and Chip comes in, and he'll slap you on the back, and he's kind of a workout guy, and he hits, he hits me kind of hard. I like that. Well, I wanted that vertebrae adjusted. Anyway, he laughs, gives you a big hug. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? Like, I feel like I'm just, I kind of, I've been beat up in a good way, full of love, full of joy, full of laughter, full of Jesus. Listen, if you're walking through a season of depression, let it just be a season. But if you have Christ, you should be full of love and laughter. You should be full of joy. If not, let me tell you this, joy is the prerequisite to your restoration. Make yourself joyful. Make yourself happy. In fact, Jesus says it in the Beatitudes, blessed is he. And that word blessed means happy or joyful. If we walk in that joy, and sometimes I don't believe, you, I don't believe in faking it until you're making it, but I do believe that you can just muster it with inside you and say, okay, I'm going to be joyful today. Today's going to be a joyful day. Today's going to be a day of laughter. Find something to laugh about. Find something to be joyful about. But their mouth was filled with laughter. Their mouth was filled with joy. They had, in fact, they had shouts of joy, which refers to Zephaniah, the third chapter, where when they sang, they shouted, and they rejoiced into the heavenlies, God started to do it back to them. You don't, who doesn't want the joy of the Lord? It's our strength, right? We understand that from, from Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord makes me walk through this. The joy of the Lord encompasses me about. So they say then the Lord has done great things for them. Look at the very next verse. The Lord has done great things for us. 
We are glad. They take their eyes off the other person and they start to put it on themselves. We start to think in ourselves sometimes, well, they got all the luck. They got all the good. And the man, they're, God's really blessed them. This is just a wonderful, oh, isn't that, they're so, what about me? No, they started to say, hey, you know, God's blessed me. I got, a, I got a home, I got a roof on my head, I got a, a wife or a, a husband, or I got a child, or I got a, a friend, or I got a job, or I got this, or I got that. You need to find something in your life that starts to say, this becomes my joy, okay? Uh, in our family, and I, I can say this uh, uh, with Janie's consent, our four grandchildren, soon to be five, are, are, we love our kids, but man, those grandbabies are unstoppable. Unstoppable. I mean, they come in, and uh, Jonah's birthday was the other day, and he's eight, and I, I, uh, he's just like a little monster, but he's so lovable. He's so innocent and kind, and he's just, he's just so, so loving, you know? And then little Sayla comes in, and she acts like she owns the place because we let her think she owns the place, and she's going to be unstoppable for all the wrong reasons because of, of Grammy here. And then we got another little guy coming, and we, all, the, all these grand, but listen, they bring joy to us. You have to find something in life that brings you joy. It's important. It's imperative. Why? Because this is but fleeting. Solomon said life is but fleeting. It's over in a vapor. It's there. It's here today, gone tomorrow, and then we're on one of the other sides, okay? And so while you're here, don't mess it up by always being miserable or being mad or being grumpy or being, being uh, you know, just contentious. Why don't you let your joy and laughter be contagious to somebody else? Let's move on to the very next one. Again, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams of Najib. This is, so this is really critical here. Najib was a desert, and they only got rain in the fall. But when they got rain in the fall, there was such a good rain that everything started to bloom. And I think what the psalmist here is telling us, that if you turn your misery into joy, he'll turn your desert into lush green fountains of grass and flowers trees. In other words, if you'd make a purpose in your heart, hey, I'm going to do what God's told me to do. I'm going to go out and try to restore some people. I'm going to go out and try to win some people. I'm going to go out and just try to pray for some people. I'm going I'm to do my hardest and just try to do something for somebody, for anybody, and all of a sudden watch God turn what seems like a desert, a non-joyous event, into something incredibly joyful and full of laughter, and, and the Lord starts to smile upon you, and that thing that was a desert becomes a fruit-filled oasis. Move to verse number five really quickly. And then those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Let's go to verse number six then. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. I'm reminded of a story because I appreciate my wife's family and all the ministry that they've done over the years. And her grandfather was a church planner, and her father's a church planner, and cousins are church planners. Well, her grandfather I really looked up to, and Super, super good guy, super wise. At the age of 78, he sold everything he had, and he moved to Africa, Kenya. And he ministered over there for two years, and uh, then he uh, contacted malaria, and he had bed sores. They had to fly him home, but they had to wait six months because he was so sick. He almost died. Came home, and he... Uh, rebounded for a year, then he moved to Trinidad for six or eight or nine months and, and ministered over in Trinidad. And, and just on his deathbed, he made this, he made this comment. He was, he was like, I just wish I could have done something for Jesus. Now, he, he sold his insurance business at the age of 40 or 35 to plant a church that he bought for and paid for, that he paid for the parsonage, that he then gave over to his son, Janie's uncle, so he could move to Kenya 
And when it was all over, he felt like he hadn't done enough. And I, I want to tell you today, that challenges me to think, hey, we can't just coast through life. If the warriors who have gone before us, who I mean served God with everything that they had uh, financially, spiritually, relationally, and, and they hand the baton off to us, we need to do our job, right? We need to do what, God's, what God has called us to do. And so here it says, he who goes out weeping, and the, the scripture says that weeping lasts for but the night, but joy comes in the morning, right? And one songwriter said, well, the morning could be not M-O-R-N-I-N-G, morning like early day. It could be morning as in painful, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And, and so it could be that same thing, that morning, that, that weeping. And so, but the weeping's not altogether bad. I, I preached on the first Wednesday a, a few weeks ago on how Jesus wept three times before, uh, right before the, the crucifixion. Within two weeks of the crucifixion, he wept. He wept once on John eleven thirty five 35 uh, over Mary and Martha because of their lack of faith. He wept in uh, J uh, John, the 19th chapter, over Jerusalem, over their uh, lack of opportunity to, to serve him. He wept again in Matthew, the 26th chapter, over submission. He said, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. See, if it's just a matter of making Jesus happy by doing his will, then don't you agree that's what we should do? And if it's a command in Matthew, the 28th chapter, that we should go and make disciples, then we should go and make disciples. Somebody prayed for us. Somebody witnessed us, encouraged us. Somebody gave us a Bible to read. Somebody helped us get where somebody maybe went door to door and handed out an engager, a track, a flyer, invited to a, a nightly event. Somebody did something for us that got us to the point where Jesus could then start to work on us because the goodness of God draws people to repentance. And if we take that in our mind and we look at those things and these things that Jesus wept, but where's the joy at? Well, the author of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, that for the joy, everybody say joy. Joy, joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Why? Because it wasn't the cross. The cross went from a curse to a weapon, I believe. I think he took the cross, and it was where it was a curse of man. It became a weapon of joy for him. He took, he took the cross, and he didn't see the cross. He saw us. He saw every single one of us. And I think the dreamer says this. The dreamer doesn't see themselves. The dreamer sees the potential of being able to lead someone to Christ. The dreamer sees the potential of being able to, to engage with somebody and pray for them. The dreamer says, hey, Lord, if I just do my part, I'm going to start reaping. I'm going to start sowing, and if I'm sowing the labor, the tears, you know, the, the weightlifter will say there's no pain, no gain, and a person starting a business, they're working 60, 80, 90, 100 hours a week trying to get the business off the ground, they're, they're laboring, there's pain, but the joy comes, and all of a sudden people see the joy, but they don't see the pain. And Jesus here is telling us through the psalmist that, listen, there's going to be some weeping. Maybe we should cry for our city. Maybe we should cry for the Lord to show up. Maybe we should cry as we're sowing seed into the city and we're, and we're sowing tears. And, we're, and we're, we're eventually, that joy will come as we reap a harvest. Now, listen, what we're doing isn't so that we can grow Grace Church. What we're doing is so that we can grow the kingdom of God. What we're doing is so that we can be vehicles used by God to say, hey, I just want to share. Now, I believe this, that if Grace Church goes out into the community and starts to hand out engagers and knock on doors and turn houses red and start to pray for people and, and just engage with the people, that the Lord will bring a harvest back here. And I, I think our downtown place will, will, will be packed out. I believe this place will be packed out. I believe other places will be packed out. Why? Because we're doing what God has called us to do. Now, 
Sometimes when we knock on a door, there's not an instant commitment. We, we knock, and a you know, person comes in, comes to the door, and, and maybe we don't know if we've made any effort or not. We're going to show you a video here in a second that, we'll, that, that this actually happened to a church in Iowa where they went out, and they, they knocked on the door, and they didn't think there was any response at all. You have to know that anything you do for God releases a seed then for God to work. And that's the important part there. So we have a video, and then Marcus will come and wrap this up, and then I'll be back. Take the offering just a moment. Thank God bless you this morning. Thanks for coming out. I was in a new town with no friends and no family. I got to the point where I was driving somewhere, and I said out loud in my car even, there is no God. This is so miserable. There's no way there's a God. I moved to Carroll about eight years ago. I was engaged at the time, and eventually that engagement was broken. I was raised Christian, and then some situations in my life kind of led me away from God for a while. That was a time where I felt really hopeless. And one Saturday, I was sitting in the living room reading, and I had my Bible out and was reading some of these verses, and, and I just prayed and said, God, I don't know how to do this. You, you've got to come help me, because I just don't know how to change things. It was about two hours later that there was a knock on the door. The reason Carol first kind of wanted to get into going home to home was we just felt like one of our mission statements as a church was connecting people to Christ, which goes along with that Great Commission very well. So it was taking that into the community. I opened the door and was this couple and their four kids. They said to me, we're just going door to door, meeting our neighbors, and just wonder if there's anything that we can pray with you about. She kind of peeked out. She didn't even move all the way out the door or anything, so she was, I could tell she was a little intimidated. You know, I thought for a minute and, and said to them, no, I don't think so, but thank you. And, you know, kindly sent them out on their way. And about 10 minutes later, you know, I started thinking, you just prayed, God, come help me, help me figure this out. And somebody came and knocked at your door. That doesn't happen. It was as if God knocked on my door and said, I heard you. I'm here. I knew that I needed to get involved with people and, and get out of my house. So I knew where I needed to go was church. The neat thing is, is when I went to this church and, and just felt like home, and it was a couple months later that I realized that Brent and Dayon were in that church. When we heard Kelly's testimony at church, I remember just thinking, wow, she really was going through a troubled time, and I was thankful that God had just placed us at the right time, at, right at her doorstep. For whatever reason, you know, she didn't accept prayer, but. Um, she found her way to the church, and she's even serving in church, which is amazing and awesome. You don't know what part you're going to have in someone's salvation story, whether you're going to be the one planting a seed, whether you're going to be the one helping to grow the seed. We need just the obedience and 
going through with this um, out of love for God and love for our neighbors, it, was, it really proved God was just faithful through the whole thing. The worst they can do is say no and close the door. But even if they do say no and close the door, you don't know how that impacts them behind that closed door. Amen. You never know what God is doing in someone's heart. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians, some of us water the seed, others plant the seed, but God is the one that brings the increase. And when you go to somebody's house and you talk to them and you say, hey, I would just want to invite you to church this Easter, or I, want, or I just want to pray with you, we don't know. And when they shut that door, God is still working on their hearts, he's still working in their lives. Amen. I bet if I asked you to raise your hand, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but if I asked you how many of you would be afraid to go to your next-door neighbor and give them an engager, I bet a lot of us would raise our hand and say, yeah, that's something that scares me. And I would raise my hand because that's something that scares me. All right, I'm the evangelist that my dad was talking about that couldn't sleep and all that stuff. Maybe exaggerated a little bit. Because I mean, I still went to sleep, you know, but I would, I would, I would pray for my neighbors. It was more of like a weekly thing. Like if I hadn't talked to anybody that week, I felt kind of bad about it. Um, <laughs> and I tried to make it a point to every week talk to somebody about Jesus. Okay. But I, I'm still nervous. Like I did this about a week ago and I went to my neighbor's homes and I said, hey, my name is Marcus. I live just down the street. I pointed to my house. And I, and, and I was nervous, you know, especially the first house or two. My house, my heart was beating, and it was awkward. And I'm like, you know, just moved into the neighborhood, and I talked to people. But listen, you might be thinking, I don't want to do that because who's going to want to talk to me about Jesus? They're either already a Christian, and they don't need to hear about it, or they're not a Christian, and I can't convince them otherwise. But let this story about Kelly be uh, motivation for you because you don't know what's going on in that person's life. How many of you can think that maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood, like Kelly, who's been through a difficult relationship recently? There's a problem in her life or his life, and they just need that hope of Jesus Christ. You know, you know people that are lost, that are far from God, that, that want to be closer to him. And we can do that, all right? So we've got these engagers, and if you didn't get one uh, already, there are these 50 packs of engagers. You don't have to give them all away, you know, but just, just give one away. You know, give one away today. Give one away um, before Easter, or 20. Pastor challenged you to give 20 of them away. Uh, you got a year-long supply right here, okay? And if you run out, then praise God, we've got more. I literally ordered 250,000 engagers, <laughs> Okay. Um, in packs of 50, I've given out most of them. Not personally. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, I've given them out uh, to different people here in other churches as well. Most of them are in the hands of believers. Amen? Isn't that an exciting thing to think about? That we just need to activate now. That we can go out. And, and, and they're not all in Hickory. I know you're doing the math. And you're like, how many homes are in Hickory? Some of them are in the Charlotte area, Gastonia, all around. Okay, but think about that. We have enough engagers to reach every home in Hickory. And now we can, my friend, uh, I'm going to see him tomorrow in Colorado. He ordered 1.2 million engagers. Okay, he lives in New York City. So he's like, he doesn't even have enough to reach everybody, but we do. All right, <laughs> he needs 20 times that much. 
My point is that we have what it takes to reach every single person here, and now we can go out and we can do that. Um, can the worship team come up at this point? And I, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, I, I want to remind you that, you know, Pastor put out a, an ish, uh, like a challenge, and he said, hey, could you reach 20 people? Could you go to 20 different homes between now and Easter, which is four weeks from today? Uh, and people's hearts are open. I know this from experience because I, I do go to people's homes and I talk. And when it's Easter time, you say, hey, I want to invite you to church this Easter. That's what we're going to do on April 4th. Yes, we'll pray for people if they let us. But we're just, we're just saying, hey, we're in the neighborhood. Our church is right down the street. We're going to invite you to church on Easter. Uh, that's a normal thing. People are okay with you doing that at their homes. They're okay with you inviting them. Um, but listen, that doesn't mean uh, 20 people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, and we're going to have 4,000 people, you know, new converts, and they're all going to get baptized on Easter, okay? That would be great if that happens, and, and, and we'll rejoice, you know, if and when souls get saved. But it might be like Kelly in the video, and you go to their home and you say, hey, I want to invite you to church, and, and then, you know, maybe she takes the engager and closes the door and says, thanks for stopping by, and that's it. You don't even get a chance to pray with her. But God is still working. You planted a seed. You watered a seed. And you might get to see that person in heaven one day, even if you never see them here again. But, but you were a part of them drawing closer to the Lord. You will be the answer to someone's prayer. Right now, I guarantee you that there are grandmothers and mothers and fathers and cousins that are praying for their lost loved ones that live in Hickory and in the surrounding area, that live next door to you. And when you go, you get to see the answered prayer that that relative that may have been that may have passed away long ago but now their their prayers are being answered because of your obedience because you're willing to go and like like a pastor said you know when my great grandfather um, was on on his deathbed and he was saying those things you know jesus christ was he knew that he was getting ready to die and what was the most important thing that he said he said go. Go and proclaim the gospel. Go and make disciples. He said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in every book of the Bible, from Genesis, where he says, be fruitful and multiply, all the way to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, we see the Great Commission, and we see how important it is that this is the one thing Jesus asks us to do, is just to tell people about his love for us. It's not hard. It's just, hey, can I pray with you? Hey, can you, I will, I'll save you a seat on Easter. And let's just let God do the rest, okay? How many of you say, I can do that? I can take an engager and I can talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Did they raise your hand this, this morning and say, I'm in, I'm in, I can do this. I want to pray for you. Could you stand with me? Father, I thank you for each person here today. And I thank you for their open and willing hearts just to be obedient to what you've asked us to do. God, I ask that you'd empower us with your spirit to go forward into this city and to see souls saved and lives changed. God, and if we don't even get to see that person, we don't, if maybe we don't even get to pray with that person uh, for the forgiveness of their sins and, and whatnot, God, but we pray that we will plant seeds and we will water seeds, God, and that you will do the rest. And, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, so we're going to take the offering at this point in time, and uh, 
normally we take a compassion offering at the end of each service. So today, uh, the compassion offering is going to be to for uh, Encounter Life or Every Home for Christ to help uh, Marcus and his group with the event tonight. And so if you have extra that you want to throw in on the way out or if you want to add it to your tither offering, uh, we're going to take the tither offering now. So if you have a tither offering, raise it up to the Lord because we want to ask God to bless it. And if you want to bless Encounter Life, come out tonight or give uh, here at the end of church. And we're so thankful, first of all, for all of our partners and all the people that, that bless this church and do what they are doing. So thank you so much. And again, we'll see you tonight. We're going to close with the worship song. Uh, just an amazing uh, song about how the Lord leaves the 99. So let's, let's pray about the offering. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you are such a good God. Lord, we pray blessings upon, Lord, each person today, the gift and the giver. We thank you, Lord, for their heart to give. We thank you, Lord, for their heart for the community. And Lord, that they are not hearers only, but doers accordingly. So Father, bless each person and thank you for them. Let this be, Lord, their best week yet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship you.
99 because he loves you and he would come running after you. And I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to be obedient because it's, it's not what I usually do. But maybe this morning you're that one that you just say, I just need, I need to have Jesus come over here and just lift me up or pick me up. And maybe it's somebody online. Maybe it's somebody that's watching and they're just watching and they're saying, I'm kind of where that lady is in the video that's at a place that says, I just need to feel God's love or I have never accepted Christ. I've never said the prayer that says, come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me new, make me a new creation in Christ. Confess, the word says to confess our sins that we could be healed. Maybe you've never had the opportunity or you've never made that choice. And, and we never want to miss that opportunity or that moment. So, and always at the end of our services, if there's ever a need that you have, our altars are always open. We'd love you to come up and we'd pray with you, Pastor and I would love to pray with you, our prayer team members. But maybe that's you this morning and you're just heavy or you just say, I've had some issues come up in my life recently that, that I just need to have somebody just agree with me and pray with me. If that's you, if you just want to put your hand up, I'll just pray with you real quick right here. And then even online, if that's you, you can just, yep, we see those hands. Amen. And if if um, if you are online, if you just kind of do that, just right in your living room or your kitchen, wherever you are, and just say, I just need you to pray with me. I'm just going to pray that right now for each one of you that raise your hands this morning. Father, we love you and we thank you that, that you sent Jesus Christ. Lord, according to your word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. So Lord, your, your word says if we would believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ died and he rose from the grave, that you would come in and give us new life, a new relationship. So Lord, I just, I pray for each person, Lord, that raised their hand in this room and even those online that are watching, Lord, that have raised their hands and said, I'm just, I need a, I need a fresh walk or I need a fresh relationship or I accept Christ this morning or I'm just heavy and I'm going through some stuff and I just need, like that woman in the video, somebody to knock on my door. And that person could be Jesus that knocks on their door and just says, I love you, I care for you, I'm here for you. Because he would leave the 99 and pick us up and show his love. No matter what we've done, none of us deserve it. But because of the love of Christ, we can all receive his love. So Lord, we receive that love this morning. We ask you to come into our hearts. Forgive us of all our sins that we could have a relationship, a right relationship with you. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that, just say, amen, I receive it. Amen. Can we give them a shout out this morning? Yay, good job. Well, we love you all so much. We hope you can make it tonight at 5 o'clock. It's just going to be like 5 to 7. It's going to be some hors d'oeuvres. It's going to be a really fun night. You don't want to miss it down at the Moretz Mill. I think it's an upstairs level, maybe the ballroom. It's going to be beautiful. Grace Music's going to be leading the worship. Marcus will be bringing a word. It's going to be a lot of churches. So we would hope you would come out and support Grace Church and Marcus. We would greatly appreciate it. And we love you all so much. So we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Be blessed.